We'll start on Zach Spain. A nice addition to your stable. Well, he hasn't actually signed the papers yet, but uh, we've had a chat and he's definitely coming across. Uh, at the moment, he's at um, Trent and Natalie the Southerns, but uh, yeah, I've spoken to him a number of times and he's happy to come across. I'm just I'm probably getting to know him a bit, um, but uh, no, good. He seems a good kid and all the reports are that he's a good kid who wants to do well in the game, so uh, the great... Oh, well, you give him a confidence boost, won't it, you know? He's a lovely horse. Um, had a little bit to do with him. Um, you know, he's got a bit of presence about him. He's a nice, big, strong horse, and he's a lovely horse going forward. Has he got city ability? Yeah, for sure. Well done. Thank you. Number 13 is Lombardo. Um, some of his best form has actually come here at Morpherville. He does draw wide, but look, if he's ever going to win a Group 1, this is probably his type of race to win. Yeah, I've backed him, as you, as we touched on. If he's going to win a Group 1, it's going to be here. Um, and I think the key to Lombardo is Spanos. Um, he, I'm pretty sure he's unbeaten on the horse. Two from two. I think both of them are here at the track and trip. There's worse bets here. Yeah, gate 18, $18 for Lombardo. Where the leader now is Lombardo, cruising for home. It's Lombardo turning in front from Bo Rossa. Just in behind them as they sweep into the stretch, the astrologist. Then Bella Nipatina, Savit to excel. Free of deck gets to the outside. General Bo starting to wind up from back and so too Behemoth. The leader Lombardo, Bella Nipatina, Behemoth climbing up. The astrologist then further back to not an option. Lombardo kept going in the Goodwood from Hal Vorson and Frankie Pino. Lombardo, he's unbeatable here at Morfordville. Five out of five and he takes the group one. Wrote him to win here recently. Um, his first ever start in a race. It was Zach Spain on his back that day at Bendigo February many years ago. Yeah, it, um, it definitely makes it pretty special, especially um, you know, just for Mick and the whole team and Mick and Jenny, you know, to have faith in me and put me back on him. And Look, he just loves Adelaide. That's all it is to it. He uh, just thrives when he's here and just shows how good of a trainer Mick and Michael are, you know, they do such a great job to have their horses on big days spot on and um, it's showing in the last few months and uh, makes it extra special as well. My brother Adrian is here out in the crowd, so uh, for him to watch me uh, on course win another good one, it's, it's, it's just massive. And I said to Mick as well, it's so special for you because Adelaide was your home for a long time with the Kennewells. Yeah, it was and, you know, if it wasn't for Lloydie and, and the team, it probably... Um, you know, I wouldn't be in Melbourne, it's just simple as that. He was on that wanted me to go and, and push for me and, um, you know, credit out to God, Lordy and Gary, that pretty much, and Joey Bouch as well, you know, they taught me everything I knew and, um, you know, I just hope I've done everyone proud. Mum and Dad watching at home, I'm pretty sure there'll be a few tears shed and uh, my brother John as well, he, he loves it, he gets nice and rowdy, so, yeah, I'm just absolutely wrapped. Yeah, we're wrapped for you too, mate, well done. Thanks, guys, cheers. Punners, hello and welcome to another Racing Previews podcast. I'm your host, Ben Coluzzi, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Nick McWalter. Firstly, Nico, I'll introduce you. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? 
I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. But one person is better than both of us. Speaking of dream catch me, there was one man they couldn't catch on Saturday at Morpheville. His name is Zach Spain, now a dual Group 1 winning jockey in two different states. Zach, how good does that sound? Yeah, sounds amazing, Benny. <laughs> and uh, are you still riding the high or have you come back down to earth yet? Uh, back to reality after uh, after today's meeting at Sale. We had, had an ordinary day, so uh, yeah, back to reality, that's for sure. Yeah, and just for those who don't know how far Sale is, what, how, how did it today go down? How far is it out there? Uh, so it's about three hours there and three hours back, depending on traffic. So wow. I spent more time in the car than <laughs> I did uh, at the race course. Six hour <laughs> drive. What did you have, two rides today? Yeah, just the two, yep. yeah. Very quiet. Yeah. Well, we'll crack into it. I'm sure everyone's keen to hear your story. Um, I'm hoping these uh, stats are correct because I read them on a website. Born in WA, family moved to Darwin, rode in Adelaide, and now you're in Melbourne and, and frequently moving around, riding in Alice Springs, etc. How have you found that, like moving from, from house to house? Where's the family? How's it all gone down? Yeah, you're spot on with them, them stats there, Benny. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Moved from... Um, obviously born in WA, uh, moved to Darwin when I was two. I, I got uh, pretty sick and the doctors advised mum and dad that it'd um, be better for me to be in more of a tropical tropical area um, just because I had issues with my lungs. So um, that that's why we moved up to Darwin and um, yeah, done all my schooling, all my schooling there and then uh, ventured off to Adelaide by myself when I was 15. And um, are those still ongoing problems or are they kind of settled down now? No, nah, they're all good. I have no, had um, no issue. It was just a bit of in influenza A and um, and a bit of pneumonia. So, uh, yeah, just had to get out of that cold weather. Yeah, awesome. You go, Nico. All right, uh, Zachy, can you can you enlighten us on on what a a day or a week uh, a normal race week um, would entail for for someone like yourself? Yeah, so um, Monday morning consists of either jump outs at Cranbourne Racecourse or um, or races, depending on where the races are. Um, and then uh, Tuesday morning, that's our main gallop morning, so I'll venture off to Pakenham. I'm up at uh, 2.30 in the morning and Oof. and venture off to Pakenham to be there on my first horse by 4 o'clock. And uh, we have jump outs there at Pakenham on a Tuesday as well. So I'm there from sort of uh, 4 till about... 9:30, yep. 10 o'clock, just depending on how many jump outs we have, and then, um, and then, yeah, either off straight to the races or or try and have a day off on a Tuesday if we can, um, and then, yeah, obviously Wednesday we got there's races every every day in Victoria, so it just really depends. Um, my track work uh, depends on where I'm riding at uh, at the meetings. Like for instance, tomorrow I'm riding at um, Kilmore and 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 uh, Pakenham. But uh, I've got Cranbourne first in the morning, so I've got a venture out there, and then and then straight to the races, pretty much. Yeah, so it's pretty full on. Uh, no, yeah. no rest for the wicked. <laughs> no, no. I might elaborate on that quick question quickly. Like, I'm a person who can't get to bed before, I don't know, 10, 11 p.m. How do you go with actually getting to sleep? Like, do you sleep during the day sometimes? Do you have a nap? Like, what do you do? Yeah. So if I'm if I'm not um, if I'm not riding track work, I, have a, I pretty much have a massive sleep in. Yeah. I try not to set an alarm and, uh, and just have, have yeah, and just have a good have a good kip. Um, but then if I'm up for the races, generally I'm sweating beforehand, so I'm up early, um, getting the weight off, and then 
Um, look, I, I don't go to bed probably till 10, 10.30. So I'm, I'm still up late. It's not like I have a, um, it's not like I'm in bed by 7.30 and, and try to get a, a full night's sleep. I'm generally up till later in the night before I, um, you know, I probably only have four or five hours sleep and then, yeah, I'm up, up for track work in the morning. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's crazy. <laughs> Um, how do you like to treat yourself after a bit of a purple patch? You know, we know some jockeys like their fine dining, some like their designer clothing. How do you like to treat yourself? Yeah, I, I'm a uh, absolute sucker for a, a good good feed on a uh, Saturday <laughs> night. That's for sure. Um, don't really, you know, my diet's pretty pretty good during the week. I, I do venture into a bit of Uber Eats every now and then, just depending on what weight I am um, I'm riding during the week. But um, yeah, try and try and stick healthy. Which is which is pretty hard, um, you know. Life as a, as a jockey and trying to keep your weight maintained, you're pretty much living off, you know, fish and, and vegetables really. Um, so yeah, on a Saturday night, uh, if, if I've got Sunday off, I like to, like to go out for dinner and, you know, smash down a big steak or something like that just to, yes. to really really fill me up. Um, but if I've got to ride Sunday, I'll, I'll probably just have a little bit of Uber Eats, but maybe like you know a bit of Japanese or something something that's not too too uh too big but um yeah can't always keen to go out and have a um a good feed and a couple of drinks with the boys and catch up yeah do you manage your weight all right it's not a not a yeah, too much beautiful. of a struggle uh it used to, it used to be easy but i've sort of um i wouldn't say struggling um but i sort of try and stick above riding um 55 i sort of especially this time of year it, it's harder to get the weight off just because of the cold weather so during summer, it seems to come off a lot quicker. Where uh, I just find during during these colder colder months, your body just tends to hold on to your your water weight and whatever you whatever you eat, pretty much. So um, I sort of walk around 58 kilos at the moment, which is which is heavy for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we move on to the race now, Benny? Yeah, we'll get stuck into the actual race. That's what we're here for. All right, we'll get stuck onto the race, Zach. Um, Something that we noted, correct us if we're wrong, I hope we're not wrong, um, was Lombardo your only ride on Saturday? Yeah, he was. All right, so yep. so how do you prepare um, mentally, physically? Um, obviously, you've had to travel on a plane over to, to Adelaide for the ride. How, how do you prepare um, race day for only one ride? Uh, so it's pretty much just a normal process, um, whether it's a, a maiden at Yarra Valley or if it's a group one, um, if, or if it's a group one race, so um, I he had 55 and a half, so I had to get up. Um, I didn't have track work Saturday morning. If I've got to travel, I try not to do track work. Yep. Um, so I, I was up at Tom was I was up at 6:30 in the morning. Had to drop a bit of weight, um, lost that, and then yeah, I flew out of Vic at uh, 10 o'clock. Arrived in Adelaide at 11. Um, Unfortunately, I couldn't in, enjoy a bottle of water on the way over there, so I was pretty dry. Um, and my brother Adrian lives over there in Adelaide, so I caught up with him uh, before the races and, and seen my little niece um, before I ventured off to the races. And, and then, um, yeah, went through it with James Winks, who does uh, my form and, and he's my mentor. So I had to have a chat to him beforehand and we just go through how we think the race is going to pan out. Um, and uh, just map out a little plan. We don't try overthink things and just try try ride the race how it unfolds. And um, and yeah, so that's that's pretty much the the process before before the races, no matter where I go. And just touching yeah, on that perfect. a little bit more in in terms of the tactics, in the boat was obviously a key scratching. He looked 
one of the likely leaders. Did your tactics change after that? You obviously jumped from the wide gate and you you were positive out of the gates. Were you planning to lead or just jump out and uh, and sit handy somewhere? So he, he was always going to be handy. Um, it was just depending where I was going to get in the run. Um, it definitely, I think it definitely helped that in the boat was scratched because the tempo would have been a lot faster. Um, I just found because I was second last in the barriers, all the other... That, um, I wasn't in there very long. So generally when horses aren't in the barriers very long, they tend to fly out, um, which is exactly what he did. So I had a sneaky little look across and I was pretty much a length and a half, two lengths clear of everything else. And um, yeah, I just had to give him a squeeze and, and blend across, which which I did. And I was quite shocked how how uh, how easy he got there and, and how soft we had it for a, a you know a, a 1200 meter group one race. Yeah. Um, another question I've got for you. You probably you've probably answered this a million times this week, but not necessarily who our listeners. Um, probably heard your answer to this. Was there much of a difference between your first group one on Streets of Avalon compared to Lombardo uh, with your second on Saturday? Yeah, so uh, with, with Streets of Avalon, it was probably a little bit more emotional just because it was my first one and I didn't really celebrate. I obviously stood out the irons and saluted and nearly threw myself off because I was that excited. Um, but when, when sort of after that, I'd calmed down and and uh, took it all in and I actually had Georgie Childs come up next to me and he's like, mate, what are you doing? You just want a group one, you know, get up and about. And I was a bit shocked. And where with Lombardo, um, it was it was pretty much more excitement just for the sheer fact I couldn't believe that it had happened again and and having my brother there as well, you know. So I was a bit more up and about and, and more cheerful and, uh, and more excited. Yeah. Zach, I've got to ask you this question. Do you know who won the last at Flemington 20 minutes after you won the Group 1? I had no idea until I seen social media. <laughs> yeah, so obviously it was Zach the boss the first light. That's yep. got to be a funny omen, doesn't it? Yeah, you'd think so. It, uh, you know, it's funny, funny how things work out like that. Sometimes you, you see, uh, you know, you probably would have had a, a few little old ladies or something had that bet just because it because of the name um but yeah it's it's a bit of a funny situation yeah oh i had to have a laugh at that um we'll just touch on lombardo one last time um where does he go now um do you know and there was something else that we thought about when when the valley start their renovations should we campaign and try and get a, another group one move to morpherville seeing though he is uh, unbeatable over there so they say yeah, so plans with him, uh, he, he was going to go to Queensland, but he's he's gone to the paddock, so they've bypassed that. Um, and yeah, they've got, I reckon they should put a few more sprint group ones on at Morpherville, especially for that, or if he, uh, for some reason he just thrives it over there, and, and I don't know what it is. It's either, the, you know, I think it's a mixture of things. It's probably the trip away, you know, the big track, and um, yeah, every time he's over there, he's extremely fired up, but uh, at the same time, he's nice and relaxed in the run, which is which is good. Yeah, we're and, and you, I think you're the key to him. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm two from three on him now. We won't count that sale race. We'll, we'll leave that one out and just, uh, yeah, two for two we'll go. <laughs> Beautiful. Nick, Nico found the horse, so I think you might owe him a, a bit of coin under the table, Nick. <laughs> I just didn't have enough on, unfortunately. <laughs> I just didn't have enough on, but I was cheering. Uh, you probably would have heard me. I was cheering. Uh, I was saying, kick, don't get near him. 
Speaking about how uh, fired up he gets before the race, we heard um, Mick Price say he shat on him. Did, <laughs> did you know about that? Were you sitting on the horse when that happened? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. So the pro- process there, I weigh out and uh, have all my me, me saddle and that ready. And, and um, the trainers say, go take it out and saddle the horses. And I don't see the horse until they come in the mountain yard. So I didn't know any of that until I listened to Mick's uh, interview afterwards. And yeah. he, uh, he's, he's spot on. He, he does get very fired up. Um, the first time I rode him in Adelaide, in Adelaide, he actually dropped me in the mountain yard. Um, he was being a bit of a rat bag and, uh, yeah, he, he wasn't enjoying it until we got him out onto the track and he was a bit the same the other day. And, um, one of the strappers that ha- had hold of him copped a bit of a headbutt, but, uh, she copped it sweet and she gave him a big pat afterwards. We love that. Uh, this is your chance to put the sword through one of your mates or yourself. You were best on ground on Saturday. Who was best off ground? Oh, um, I don't know. Everyone was pretty much on par. Actually, actually, no, I've got no one. Nick Serkey, he went home with his mum. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Melissa come out and uh, so Melissa's Melissa Canowell, uh, who I'm very close with, and uh, and his and Nick Serkey, um, they come out for a few drinks and uh, we ended up at Electric on Chapel and and he left early so. Yeah, I, I thought he was a little bit better than that. He tried to blame work, but yeah, not sure. Send if we, in. If we <laughs> ever can't get into electric, if we ever can't get into electric, we'll just get in on uh, Spano's list. <laughs> uh, you go, Nico. Uh, whilst we're touching on uh, the other, you know, other mates of yours, um, we we do we do know that the jockeys are pretty close knit. Here's your chance to put someone else in the gun here. Um, who in the industry should we try and get on the podcast moving forward and why? Uh, Jordan Childs, only for the sheer fact he's very quiet and he doesn't do much media apart from racing.com. So <laughs> he needs to uh, get out there a bit more. Um, but yeah, definitely definitely Geordie. And, and, and probably right, Benny get... Allen as well because he, Benny would have some good stories now that he's a resident DJ. <laughs> At Tramp. We'll get Benny. All right. Geordie and Wiz, I reckon we can I reckon we can facilitate that, Benny. Geordie might get a bit more exposure on dot com than uh, than the old racing <laughs> podcast. Um, I think we're just about ready to wrap it up. Thank you for coming on. I've got one last question to end. What horses are you looking forward to riding the most in the coming months and even this spring? And is there one we can uh, put our money on? Um the old boy streets of Avalon, he never, he never seems to fail. For some reason, he just gets better with age, that horse. Um, so he, he's, you know, ultra consistent. And he, for some reason, the, uh, the markets always have him at double figures. So I'm pretty sure you boys could um, could uh, earn a little quid there. And, you know, hopefully I can stick with Lombardo when he gets back. I think he's going to be a, um, you know, now that he's got that group one on the board, he's going to be running in bigger and better races. And I think he's up to it. Yeah, 100%. We'll be following them both and we'll be following you, mate. Thanks for joining us and um, we'll get you back on the potty once you win another Group 1, I reckon. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me.
Well, that was Zach Spain, now a two-time Group 1 winner. We're very thankful for his time. Um, to be honest, I could have kept talking to him uh, with, with how hard some of this winter racing is. I think he could have been the whole show. Hopefully we can get some, uh, some more good jockeys. Uh, what do you make of it? Yeah, no, it was good. Um, it's good to get a, a perspective. And yeah, as you, as you touched on it, he was very good with his time. And um, yeah, he's, he's definitely left the door, the door ajar to, to get a few more of the boys in over the coming weeks and months and um yeah hopefully it's something that we can we can make uh make a little bit more regular yeah we look forward to doing that uh first thing we're going to crack into is the weekend review we'll give a quick snapshot um for me personally there wasn't a whole lot to cheer about uh it was a pretty tough week and then um state of rest going down was was the tip of the iceberg uh you found lombardo though so that was well done by you yeah, that was. Uh, I just wish I had more on. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough on. But yeah, it was it was a good little, good little investment. Not only to cheer Zach as as a friend, but to be on financially as well was uh, was a help. But um, although I don't think we got a lot of them right, we had a few bets outside of the square last week, um, which which didn't go to plan, but. It was sort of, you know, it was sort of what we thought was going to happen. Star Patrol won. He was too good. Definitely putting his uh, his claims up for spring features come uh, come the Flemington Strait in a few months' time. Um, all our lays were pretty much spot on. We didn't want much of Extreme Warrior. He ran last. Yeah. Good luck to him yeah, at we stud. We got the Goodwood pretty spot on. I feel. Frankie um, Pino beat Savitu Excel. Yeah, yeah. I will put a quick highlights package together, um, and we'll play that. Unfortunately, we we set the bar a bit high. It might not be as as long as uh, week one, but uh, we went down to Sandown on Sunday. That was a, a bit better day. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get those tips on the podcast, but we had uh, Princess Rani's Blandford Lad, Saunter Boy, the champ, uh, went back to back in the hurdle, um, and then and we had Stacky Stacky's right Slake. as well. Yes, Wodonga. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. It was good. Uh, you know, that's sort of that's sort of my little area. I, I really enjoy my jumpers, and um, yeah, it was an absolute masterclass from Saunter Boy. He he carried the grandstand, and he won like a really good horse because that's what he is. He's a really good horse, and he's a really good jumper. Yeah. So, so yeah, seventy-one um, kilos on the grandstand. <laughs> seventy-one kilos on the grandstand. So it'll it'll be very interesting to see what happens between now and the season's end, as we've touched on in personal conversations, he's going to make that step to steeplechasing eventually because he's just going to carry too much weight. Um, it'll just be interesting to see when Kieran pulls that trigger. Um, I reckon, personally, he might have one more hurdle start. The He might have the, the meeting at Warnable in about a month's time. I reckon that might be his sort of swan song at hurdling and then he'll go to... He might go to the steeplechase at Pakenham, which is uh, about mid-July, possibly. Um, if not, he, they might save him for Ballarat and just give him the one one steeplechase run to, to close out the season. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting down to some of those uh, meetings in the coming months. Um, but anyway, that's a quick wrap of last week. I'll play the highlights video and then we'll get into the next segment. Number 13 is Lombardo. Yeah, I've backed him 
Uh, number 19, Extreme Wario. This is our favourite. Well, he's going to go to the start. He's going to go to start as a son of Extreme Choice, who hasn't won a Group One because he's not looking to uh, Number 18, Frankie Pino. Look, I still think he'll probably beat Savage and Excel because I don't think Savage and Excel is that good. Lombardo! He's unbeatable here at Morfordville. Five out of five and he takes the group one. Hal Vorson, Frankie Pino from last might have pinched third in front of the astrologist Bella Nipotina. Then not an option from Behemoth, Savatu Excel, Regards Marie, further back Azar, Bo Rossa, The Inferno, then Extreme Warrior. I thought Brosnan would be hard to beat here. 100 metres to go, Lethal Thoughts and Brosnan, stride for stride, Brosnan just in front, the grey and Fina's coming, Brosnan, Brosnan wins it. I do think number five, Star Patrol, is immoral. Star Patrol is forging on Trey Porty late, but Star Patrol too good up the straight again. Star Patrol a length and three quarters, Trey Porty. And I'm going to come out and say it, because all I've done is slander, slander, slander. Front page has absolutely none. It's our time, not sure how much room it had in the straight. Then Curran and Ranting, Charlize, front page disappointing. Cordyceps 6 gets him with 51 and a half kilos with the handicap conditions. Cordyzip 6 over the top, half a length favour here to Nervous Witness with Cordyzip 6. The three-year-old has done it. That has been a huge performance. Anything to say, I got it. Damn, them new loafers hurt my pocket. Before anybody want to K-West beats me and my girls with the... Well, that was a little snapshot of the weekend highlights. Hopefully, we've got more to cheer about this week. But we'll get into our first segment, which is uh, what's happening in racing. The first thing I had to share was... The Allegron situation, not being able to find a plane. I couldn't believe it when I saw this article. Like this is the Derby favourite, the Queensland Derby favourite, who's twice been uh, placed in other previous Group One derbies, and there's a plane shortage due to the due to the crisis of COVID. Um, he's had a long preparation, so it's understandable that they don't want to send him up on a float. But he was going to be top pick for mine and. The race has probably gone from a Group 2 to a benchmark 90 now. What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, it's, it's funny how it all works, isn't it? Like, COVID is sort of on its way out of our out of our lives, but it's still, it is still really here. Like, yeah, there's a couple of lingering. things. It's, yeah, it's lingering like a bad smell. Um, I don't know. Maybe someone's got to take the initiative within the industry, like a head, a head honcho like Godolphin, and buy a plane because I'm sure there's other trainers that want to send their horses here, there, and everywhere, and they can charge they can charge other people, you know, a, a, a fee to fly their horses there. I'm sure everyone's going to be uh, going to be more than okay with that. So there's got to be some sort of solution because imagine this happens in the in the spring carnival and a you know a good horse can't go from one place to another. It'd be absolutely tragic. Yeah. And uh, it's just another way to, to lose your cash on the punt. Oh, yeah, just another sick beat. <laughs> yeah. Um, you had the Magic Millions broodmare sale you wanted to talk about next. Yeah, it's it's absolutely staggering how much money some of these mares are going for. Mm. Like, they've been really good horses on the track, and, you know, these breeders are obviously hoping they're going to be really good uh, off the track also. But... Um, Early on when I sort of got into racing, everyone was talking about, you know, everyone's trying to find that, that cult, that's that golden slipper winning, blue diamond winning cult. And I think that 
that stigma and that thought process is slowly but surely changing. Like me personally, when we go into horse ownership one day, I want a filly because I think you get a little bit more out of her and you sort of get, you can sort of reap both rewards because if she's not a superstar to start with and she gets better with age, well, you've got the, the longevity of racing out of her and then you've got the the chance for her to be a mum once she's finished off the track where if you've got a colt, you've got one chance and fair chance is that he's not going to be good enough in that you know that top little bit of percentage that make it to be stallion prospects so yeah it just seems like uh the tables are turning a little bit and the mares are becoming eaten a bit like away game four million tofano 3.1 lighthouse Mm -hmm. like her her connections would be thrilled they've come over from america given kieran a task they've gone from winning a benchmark 70 i think she won uh, on a bottomless heavy track to uh, Group 1 winner as well as all their other black type accolades Mac and Cheese 1.6 million, uh, that's a my racehorse so that's a good little uh, micro share syndicate for for the everyday person who wants to get involved in, in ownership um, yeah and some of the other ones like Rubisaki, Ballistic Lover, Swift Witness they're all a million dollars and there's plenty of good mares that didn't go for that much um you know, you're still the stars. She's ideal. They went for seven hundred thousand. So it just shows you that um, you know, they didn't even earn that, or most of them didn't even earn double that on the track, and their value off the track is uh is significant. Yeah, it's huge. And given a horse like Tafane, like they almost contemplated selling her quite a while ago, and she's won three. This time ones. last year. This yeah. time last year, she was in the sale. Yeah. So she's won three Group 1s since, so you just wonder how much her value went up. They'd be absolutely uh, cheering through the roof. And the interesting thing is with Tefane and um, Away Game, they've been bought by Yulong, mm. and there's plans to continue racing. Like Away Game, she actually features in in a suggested bet of mine uh, this week Spoiler that alert. we'll touch on later. You know, tune in, don't stop listening now. But um, it's Back interesting that they've... They've paid so much money and they're still keen to, to race on. So, yeah. yeah. The only other one I had was uh, Paul Tattnall put out a, uh article just at quarter past five this afternoon um, saying Racing Victoria has bought a farm in Melbourne's northwest worth tens of millions of dollars, uh, close to a 1,000 acres out there near the airport. Uh, it's near me, so if I have to be going out there, that, that, that works. It could be a big new training centre. Uh, hopefully it doesn't mean it's the end of Sandown. This is going to be cruel, and I won't be the only one up in arms if this is their segue to get rid of Sandown. Like, this better just be a training centre, and there better not be anything more to it, because yeah, if we lose Sandown, we touched on this, especially when we were sitting there, and just, you know, it was sort of probably the first real-time... I don't know me personally that we that I've sat at Sandown and there, there wasn't too many people around and we sort of sat there and we just discussed you know things and how and how valuable this property is. It's not only one of our best tracks in Victoria and Australia; it's two tracks in one, and yeah. it's you you can't put a price tag on that. Like that's significant for the industry. Um, you listen to any any racing participant, trainer, jockey. With any uh, with any common sense, that's who we need to listen to. 
we don't need to listen to to people who are thinking dollars and cents we need to think of people who are talking common sense yeah and just an update on that i'm pretty sure they might be deliberating the caulfield inner track further so there is still hope I think they put out a poll and it was something like 85% of people don't want it. So Was that the poll on RSN? Yeah, I believe so. So those are those are big numbers. The only thing with that, I think um, I could be corrected if I'm wrong here, but I think the inner track wasn't, isn't going to a member vote. I think that's being done. Um, that's just being done and that's it from, from the racing club itself. I don't think that actually goes to a vote. So I could be wrong there, but it sounds like uh, if it did go to a vote, I can assure you that it wouldn't be passed through. But yeah, wait and see. Watch this space. Show me the money. Yes! Show me the money. That's it, brother. You got to yell that shit. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Well, we'll crack into this week's card. We're not going to go through the group ones runner by runner. Um, as good as it was last week, we probably did dribble on a little bit much. So we're just going to go straight to Caulfield. Uh, rail out 11 metres. It's a good four, zero to two mils of rain over the next few days. So expecting a good, a good track um, could be could be on speed with a rail out 11 um, and a good track. Uh, you want to kick us off in the first? Best bet of the day here in Caulfield. Um, starry legend. Back to a 1,000 metres where he gets control, which is going to be his go in life. He is a control freak. Um, he ran good last start, but as I touched on, he's back to a 1,000 metres here. Um, gets joy. There's a lot to like, really. Um, yeah, short and sweet. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm he'll start us off. There. I think... I think getting Jai back aboard is massive. Um, Dexalation's probably the class runner, 58 kilos. Ashford Street was good um, at the ball, won well, and then last up followed it up again. But as you said, Starry Legend is going to get complete control here, I reckon, from Barrier 4 and looks a good bet. There's a few numbers here, though, isn't there? Like, seriously. Like, if, if yeah, Starry Legend can't beat a few of these, dead set. He hasn't got much hope, really. Yeah. Um, my next bet will in race 7 the open handicap benchmark 100 over 2000 metres look I was just hard against Grand Slam in the Warnable Cup but I think I can come back aboard him here he comes back to 2000 metres he gets to a good track I think you just forget about the Warnable Cup like he had absolutely none there he pulled up lame on the heavy track he gets Linda Meach on I think that's a decent replacement for Carr um, just has to get across from barrier 8 but I think around the $3 is a pretty good price. I've got question marks from Bermudez at $2,000. Um, Wichichar star back to 2000 Not hopeless. And no no effort. Could be a bit of a pest up on the speed. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy Grand Slam. I think if I could save one, it might be Pancho. He's a bit of a... He's a little oh. bit of a number. He only, I know he only turns up once in a blue moon. But if no effort and Grand Slam cut each other up here... He might be the one at 2,000 metres. He loves a fast pace. And um, this is the same setup he used. He ran well at 2,000 metres, and then he exploded to beat Harder Besson's last prep um, at Mooney Valley on the fast tempo. But no, I'm, I'm main bet Grand Slam. Well, see, 
I sort of see the race similarly to you, but I think no effort and Grand Slam cut each other up, and I can see Bermudez, even though I know you've got a little query of him at 2,000 metres. I had a little query on him at the bull, and he just got cuddled. He just Ollie just cuddled him in behind, popped off, and it was all over at the top of the straight. I can sort of see a similar thing here. He he might not have to run 2,000, Benny. Like he could just sit That's back true. off these two cutting each other up. I just I can see him getting a real good run from four. Ollie, yeah, I can see him getting a little. A little, uh, little suck in behind and, and being too good for him, but by no means is it a big bet. Um, he was one I just sort of wanted to watch from a market perspective, but that's how I sort of saw the race panning out. We'll go back a couple of races. One I sort of had at an each way price was Galgani. Um, I know you tipped her when she won first up last start, uh, last preparation at the Valley when she was three wide the trip. Um, she does her best work fresh this mare she's five starts for three wins and a placing Josh Richards is on and will have the claim which gets her down to 57.5 which I think is a good key she just has to navigate barrier 15 which she will come in a few um, with the scratchings I noticed someone else um, another good judge I think it might have been Gator um he made a good point. She's very underrated in the market, this mare. Every start. Like, I know we're talking about 1,400-metre form, but, like, she's got some decent enough form around flying mascot, Ana Visto, Churath. Like, that's, it's got that's a, pretty it's good form. It's got to be the stable, form. isn't it? It's trained by Nikki Burke. It's just an yeah. unfashionable stable. Like, I think that's got to be the, one of the only reasons. Yeah, and, you know, good track, no worries. It's not going to be a a good good track like it's going to be a good four bordering soft five i think like it's going to be a little bit of give in it there's a little bit of rain forecast tomorrow and there was a little bit today should just be a nice good surface with just a good bit of give in it i think so yeah at like 12 dollars i thought she was a good enough bet each way um awesome we'll skip to race eight which was a tricky race um i thought but a good race from a racing perspective Surely Hosea, they're sticking the boots in. Oh, Hosier, $2.70. Leave me out of that. Like, yeah. I'm a big fan of this horse, but it is just a wet tracker. Okay. Isn't it? Like, nah, you can have it. Visionari sticking fat here. Um, especially after recent results today, when I had a little scroll on the Instagram. You'll know what I mean. A few of the other boys will know <laughs> what I mean. But, no, nah, I think this horse is proper. Um, I think he stakes class. Nothing short of impressive his last two since he's joined the Price Can Stable. Good ride from Geordie. I don't think Barrier 13 is as sticky as it looks. Um, this horse has gone forward. And Jamie was pretty clear in saying that she reckons this horse will be best when it's got something to follow. I, I think Geordie's going to slot in. Like, if he has to go forward... It's no detriment to his chances, but hopefully he might just be able to, you know, tuck in somewhere, and we might get to see um, another side of this horse. Yeah, as we touched on, Hosey's got to be. Yeah, you can leave me out of him. Yeah, Davey's got to be cast from one, doesn't he? Like, where's he going to be? He's going to be last offence, and it's going to be up, up and in sort of is where you're going to want to be. I think so. Yeah, yeah, you can leave me out of him. 
Yeah, I'll just elaborate on this race a little bit. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with Vicenara here. Um, Hosier, five out of five on soft tracks. Hasn't, uh, hasn't won on a good yet. And even his run on a soft five was the least convincing of his wins last prep. He only beat Turidan by a nose. All his other wins, soft six, soft seven, he's absolutely bolted in. I was pretty keen on him last start, but then um, this is going to be a good four. He failed last prep on a good four. I think he needs a toe-in. I'm pretty happy with Vicenari on top. He's got lots of style. Um, he's going to have clean air from barrier 13 or 14, wherever he draws. And um, even last start, like air defense gets to him and he just shakes him off. So I was pretty impressed with him. So yeah, Vicenari clearly on top. Did you have any other thing, any others for Caulfield? No. The only other thing with Hosier, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't be overly surprised if they scratched. There is a little bit of rain around next week, so who knows? They might save him for another day. But yeah, I, yeah. I hope they don't scratch because I, I don't think he's got any. But yeah, those are going to be some fat deductions if, if we mm, back this scenario. Yeah, no, we don't want that. Uh, so we'll kick on to Randwick Rail True Heavy Ten. Uh, zero to five millimeters of rain Saturday. This was a little stat from Gator that he put out. Sydney, fourteen heavy tracks in a row. That's just unbelievable. Like I've never heard of that. So bottomless tracks, you're gonna need to find horses that are going to handle it. I'm going to forgive Andermat, number three in race seven, the open handicap over eleven hundred meters and back him. Uh, I think he can hit back hard here. He's back to 1,100. He gets back on a heavy track. Jason Collett goes on for Rachel King. I think that just has to be a positive, positive. JC. Um, the Andermatt was trapped three wide last start, and there weren't a whole lot of moves made. He carried six kilos more than Dragonstone two back and, and smashed him, so I don't see the big weight pool being too much of an issue. And gate 10, he's just going to get back and hopefully gobbles him up down the outside. Not only was it a bad ride last start, it was bad placement, I think. Hmm. Um, 1,300 metres, not his go. He's just a dead set sprinter. Like, 1,300 metres was stupid, I think. And it didn't help that Rach didn't exactly do him any favours three wide the journey. Um, but yeah, back to 1,100 metres, heavy track, just wins, I think. Um, the only other one that I didn't mind was in the race... Uh, prior, succulent Chinese or democracy manifest, as <laughs> as some people want to go by. Um, I think this horse is pretty smart. He looks like he's just going to continue winning. Um, he has one that's just relished the wet tracks, and you're getting a price like he's three dollars, three fifty, three fifty, three sixty. Yeah, like yeah, that's that's good enough for me. Um, they're a bit limited in behind him. I think could be a big day for Colette because obviously a few of the big boys are up in Queensland, um, so he's sort of one that there one there that's going to pick up the scraps. But yeah, that were two that I didn't mind um, from Ramwick. They actually did make a good point off topic from any races uh, this Saturday. It's going to be very interesting to see come the spring how the horses come back from all this heavy track racing. Like it'll be interesting to see how the like. What I'm trying to say is, like, these wet tracks... Like, there's been wet tracks that Colette hasn't even been a handle, and she's a dead-set wet tracker. Like, there's going to be some horses that come back and absolutely relish good tracks. There's going to be some horses that come back that prefer good tracks that that don't go as good as they should. 
because it's just taken such a toll on them. So it's going to be something that we're going to have to be really careful with moving um, when the tracks get back to, to better ground, I think. Yeah, it's a good point. Every heavy track is different. Um, the only other thing I was going to touch on is Jason Collett. I think he's a bit of an underrated jock. Like he's, he's right up there in the top 10 in Australia for me. So hopefully he has a big day on Saturday. Uh, we'll go to Eagle Farm. It's uh, just about normal black type meeting, I think, or maybe it is, with the with the merging of last week's Doombin meeting called off. Rail true, soft six, minimal rain um, till Saturday. So I'm expecting this track to be on the better side of a soft. Maybe, maybe a soft good, even. Good it's a it soft could be six a good right fall. now. It's like a sieve, could, this joint. So Yeah, it could well be a good four at Eagle Farm. So I'll kick off race four, the group two size produce. Look, this horse is an emergency, so there's a big chance he's not going to get a run, but I have to mention him. 22, uh, political debate. Uh, if you're not liking this horse for the form, then like him for the omen bet of the uh, the election this week. But this is a bet at $7. I mean, if he gets a run, just take the $7 because you're going to get your money back anyway. This horse absolutely monstered the line last start. That was 1,200 metres. He gets 1,400 metres, which he needs um, he's actually favourite for the JJ Atkins right now, five dollars fifty for the Group One. So, if you go back and watch his run last start, like he looks like he can't even finish in the top five, and he goes and runs third. Um, Coolmore product drawn one is a little sticky, but goes Pike to J Mac, and uh, I'll be having some of the seven dollars. Yeah, I could follow you in there. Um, if any of the bookmakers are listening, can we have a Caulfield Guineas market, please? We don't want to back political <laughs> debate. Just give us a market. We want to bet around him. Um, the other horse that I could come into um, is Brereton. This horse just wants ground, and he finally gets it. Moods and Mytho have been, you know, they've, they've just kept saying, just wait for this horse, wait for this horse, wait for this horse to get out and trip. And he finally does. Obviously, there's the little query that he's going to go from, you know, 1,000 metres to 1,400 metres. But I think he was entered to run last week. Um, and they were um and an arm when they were going to run on the heavy track. But, um, yeah, I'm happy enough to have a bet at $13. You know, get Jamie. You know, he might not run up to expectation on Saturday, but I think he's definitely a horse that we can follow um, into the spring when he becomes a three-year-old because he's that real sort of, you know, Caulfield Guineas type. Um, is worth noting that he's a Victorian Alliance horse. Uh, we touched on that a couple of weeks ago, that they're going pretty well. Um, that was before Duel. Um, this is one of the horses that was a real flag bearer uh, when it all sort of first started. So, um, you know, there is real intent here. Um yeah, it was easy enough. Barrier 16, a little sticky, but I trust Jamie. Yep. Um, Moods was pretty confident as well on Moody and the Mike, so that's a, that's a good little leg up. Um, the next race, race five, is the Doombin Cup uh, transfer to Eagle Farm, obviously, and it is over 2,100, 20, so an extra 100 metres. Number one, Zaki, absolute moral. You can take the dollar forty this time around. Jaws 10 of 10. That is actually a positive. All of his best runs have actually been when he's drawn wider. Gives him time to build into his race. Uh, he'll be able to find the front. Gets on a better track. Um, punters, I think this is going to be a space job. Polly Gray, we thought, might have been a bit of a danger on the heavy 10, but... None. Zaki's going to eat him for breakfast here. 
dead set moral here, punters. No grey areas from Nico this week. As we said last week, there was going to be another day. There was going to be another day when he gets better ground and they won't beat him. That day is Saturday. Um, yeah. The extra 100 metres, the only the only benefit here is he's going to hurt his opponents for an extra 100 metres. They've got to just go an extra 100 metres and just look at Zaki's ass and go, oh, fuck, it's happened again. Um, there's one for the swear jar, punters. There's one for the swear jar. The other one that I want to entertain at a place, a Nico place bet, um, Maximal. This is one that Mytho has been kicking up for. And Has at $4. Um, not sure. No, it hasn't. It hasn't. No, it hasn't. Mytho's not going to geld him. He's made that pretty clear. <laughs> um, but at $4 the place, like if this horse lives up to his overseas form, gets this drier ground that he wants, Nash. Nash is a good booking for him, I think. Because we'll, we'll soon see if this horse got any ticker, Nash will get every little bit out of him on Saturday. Um, yeah, I think... Someone's going to run a place here, and Polly Gray definitely loses uh, loses out. Going to be on a better track. There's some dead set numbers in front. Like if Maximal can't run into a place in front of a few of these, well, maybe they should put him on a plane back to Europe. Yeah, he might be getting the snip. Um, race six. Did you have anything? Not a bad race. Prince of Boom, Star Tonte's Ranch Hand. I couldn't find. I couldn't really separate them. Yourself? Don't back Star Tonte's punters. She's a squib. Don't get sucked into her again. <laughs> yeah. None. I, I fell into that trap last up, but she does get J Carr. Oh, um, that's yeah, that's why you're getting five fifty, not like tens. Yeah, fair. Prince of Boom was actually pretty good last side. He beat Sword of State and they gapped third, so but I didn't have an official bet. Did you have a, a no, leave, leave me out of that. Yep, no worries. Uh, race seven, I've got one here. The BRC sprint, yep, over 1,300 metres. Look, I've changed tone from the last uh, last mm. week. Last week, I was with Buffalo and Taksu. This week, I'm swinging in the um, in the corner of number five, Soxagon, back on a better track. Wow, complete, Huge. complete swing. Yeah, complete swing. Huge win first up, destroyed that field. Um, that was actually his first ever win on a heavy track. So... His better form is on good tracks. He now gets to a good track. If he's winning on heavy tracks, it shows how well he's going. Um, he's six starts for two wins and two runners-up at uh, at Eagle Farm. Jaws Barrier six. I think he's just going to sit off Taxu and Buffalo River. Um, and he's just such a consistent horse. Like Magic Millions runner-up this year. He he ran 11-11 to a, to a short half head. Um, he just never runs a bad race, and I think we can back him with confidence. Six fifty and two forty each way. I don't think he'll be missing a hole. I've dug my heels in here. I'm not having a bet. Yeah, I've cracked the shits. <laughs> Nico was keen on Buffalo last start, but he doesn't get his heavy track this week. So well, and he's going to get pestered in the lead for one. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, race eight is the Queensland Derby. Look. I've given this race barely any thought or consideration. I this was pretty just keen. It's too hard, isn't it? Allegron. Yeah, it is pretty hard. Like the, the two favourites were both equally impressive last start. They kind of, um, Dark Destroyer just got over the top of um, Paternal. Um, look, if you really want to go digging, you might be able to find something of value here. Just back Waller. Waller always. Waller's a Derby king. Just back him. Yeah. 
Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Fifties, but yeah, I, I just too hard. Way I can't too hard. Entertained in this. I would have been Allegra on top, but I think we're just going to skip that. Yeah. That's probably all it deserves. <laughs> the race nine is the Group One Kingswood Smith Cup over thirteen hundred. Um, I'm going to back thirteen Paulelli, the three year old. Um, a couple of people saying this horse turned it up last start. I oh, think. What do you mean? He should have won. Oh, it was just it was just the heavy eight. Like if that's a dry yeah. track, he beats Mazu, uh, J Max sticks, Barry eight's ideal. I think he can really stamp himself as a as a proper horse here. Um, number twelve in trivia, I love her, but she draws seventeen, and I suspect that she may be fresh only. Um, some of her form tapered off at the end of last prep. She beat Levante first up and then failed twice behind her. Not failed, she ran okay, but. And even the start prior, um, the the prep prior, sorry, she she beat Fatus and then she couldn't get it done in those next two starts. So I'm pretty keen, Pulele. I can also have two smaller bets, Sabres on number four, 11-11, and number five, Apache Chase. Um, both 1,300-meter specialists, I reckon. And, you know, they're just good good horses at this weight for age level, and, you know, they'll, they'll probably turn up. It is worth... We're going to touch on something here about, you know... Their last race. A few of the boys got stuck into both of us about uh, potting Marzu. It is worth touching when we did the podcast. We were we were doing form for a soft six. This is probably going to be a soft six or better. Hence, our confidence in Pulele was the same as what it was last start. And we wanted to take a set against Marzu because he wasn't going to get the heavy track, which he's relished. He ended up getting the heavy track and he yeah. fell in. He shouldn't have won. So if anyone wants to take any shots, yeah. this is not going to be a soft six. This is going to be a, a good, good four, four probably. Probably, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, keen Pulele uh, on top. I'm Pulele, and I'm going to back one of my girlfriends in this race. Uh, away game. Oh, you are backing her. I am going to back her. Um, Johnny. Look, Johnny. Um, I think she... There might be something in this. I think she... Might do her best racing in Queensland. Um, the tick here is Eagle Farm is a horses for courses track, and she definitely handles Eagle Farm. Look, to me, she wouldn't be racing here, especially after being sold a couple of days ago, if she wasn't going to be competitive. Like, yeah, to me, there's enough enough reasons to back her. Like. I was arming an R and last night when I was doing form, do I, don't I, do I, don't I? And I thought, if I don't back her and tip her and she wins, I'll be kicking myself. She gets Johnny, she's going to get you know better ground. And what she's got, which we keep harping on about, she's got ticker. She likes sticking her head out and she tries. You know, like she always runs into some good ones. Um, but yeah, this could be the fairy tale ending on Saturday, um, you know, there's a fair chance if she was to win on Saturday, that'd be it, wouldn't it? Like, get the group, that elusive group one. Yeah. It could it could be the perfect little swan song for me. Um, it's going to be a big build-up being sold for four million. Now, yeah, this could be exactly. Right. Race, That's so. what I mean. Like, there's there's got to be serious intent there. Like, Yulong and the conversations between Yulong and Kieran, like, Yulong don't want to look stupid. And, yeah, there's just got to be intent here. You don't want the same 
circus that Rosemont put themselves through last week with Extreme Warrior. You know, he's going off to stud. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, he might shoot blanks like his dad with if, he, if he's got anything like his racetrack ability Man, in the breeding barn. But like you. oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought I thought I could have a little wager here. Yeah. Brooklyn Hustle wins. I'll just about give it away after we've uh, after the divorce has come through during the week. None. Never ran top three in a Group One partners. Brooklyn Hustle. Yeah, watch her win. She won't ever run top three. She'll just she'll just win one. That'll be uh, a. Yeah. Right, let's. Bat that'll on. be we, the end of me. We're yeah, done with race nine. I didn't have anything in race ten. Looks like the girlfriend stakes. Anything. Um, April Rain, Najmati, Written Beauty, Wine Diva. Nothing yet. Jeez. Oh, Who knows? We'll kick Good on. luck to you South if you're Australia, having a bet there. South Australia is Murray Bridge. Um, this is one of the worst cards I've ever seen. So I, didn't even, I didn't even look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought the carnival was finished, so I didn't even yeah. look. Yeah, so we'll, we'll kick on. Um, we're not going to worry Belmont. about Murray Bridge. Belmont. Rail out, nine metres entire, soft six at the moment, minimal rain, 16 degrees. Um, I'm just having the one in the Group 3 Belmont Sprint, 1,400 metres. Number five, Red Can Man. He's uh, twice ran second to Elite Street this prep. Uh, in my opinion, as I said in the past, I think Elite Street is the best sprinter in Western Australia. Um, last prep, um, he tailed off a little, but he was coming off a two two-month spell from Victoria. So I'm thinking he might have just been over the top. He's had a proper break this time. He had 149 days. Both of his two runs so far have been excellent. Um, he gets the gun run from Barrier 5. I'm not worried about 1,400 metres. And he beat a lot of key rivals last start. So those are all positive and, and a, a drying track. I don't think it's going to be a soft six on the day. I think it'll be soft five, possibly good four. But he's uh, he's on top for me. This race was tricky, and I've decided not to not to follow you in or back anything else. It was one of those cases for me. <clears throat> I don't know if this horse is genuine, to be honest with you. I think he runs a lot of good seconds and thirds. Um, he's definitely not a horse I want to take two dollars thirty-five about for one. Um, I think I think they're going to back Valor Road. Like I reckon, I reckon Red Cam Man will get to two seventy, two eighty. Hmm. There's a couple that I could, if I was, what time's this race? Six fifteen. Yeah, I'll probably be. I probably would have had a few drinks by then. <laughs> so I probably will have a bet. But um, oh, the one I could probably back is Captain Chaos at double figures. Yeah. If I was going to have a bet, but which I probably will. But the other two that I like, D Day for a girlfriend of ours at racing previews in oh, the no. second race. He's going there. No, this is D-Day. I, I was meant to divorce her as well, but they said you can only have one divorce per week, so I couldn't divorce her as well this week. So I've got to hang around with her for one more week. If she doesn't win on Saturday, that's it. Like, Can you tell us her name? Velvet Queen. <laughs> if, you didn't already know, if you didn't need to know, you would have known by the way I'm talking about her. But the Velvet Queen... Barrier one, seven horse field, out to sixteen hundred and fifty meters, back to a benchmark fifty six. 
plus. If it can't win this race, they may as well retire her. She's got oodles of ability, this girl. Oodles of it. More than any of these could ever wish for. She always just leaves their run too late. So I'm just I'm just hoping that Chris can settle her a little, you know, a little closer. And, well, look, if she's midfield at the top of the straight and she's not coming from last, like, they won't beat, they're not going to beat her. She'll just run straight past them, won't she? She should. Zafira beat her last start, but she was desperately unlucky and she should have won. So there's your little line. Um, and the other bet that I wanted to have was a stable mate in race eight. Chris Parnham also in the saddle. Rebel Zone. Nice. Just go back and watch this horse. He's got a serious turn of foot, this bloke. Um, yeah, I've been taken by his last two wins. Last start, he was about $2.30 out to $3.40 and absolutely trotted in. Never looked like losing. I couldn't understand the drift. Um, this horse is obviously going to be advantageous to a drier track. He's never seen a soft track, but I don't think it will be any issue. Barrier 12 won't be too bad because he's just going to settle mid mid to back. Um, yeah, $4.20-ish. It was a good enough bet for me, I think. Yep. Awesome. Um, that wraps up that. I've got just the one for Sunday. Uh, they go to race seven, Ballarat, benchmark 70 over 1,500 metres. Uh, we were at Sandown last week, and we saw Governor Landy in the last. I thought it was pretty unlucky. Um, look, this horse is no star, but he ran a huge race last week. Um, very unlucky, as I said, behind Sonnery and Do Your Punk. I think those two horses are actually pretty good horses they gap third um and the market should love this quick backup maps perfectly from five and he's opened each way odds at seven dollars fifty um the only other horse i will be backing is Launchpad. i think it's an easy two bet strategy this horse was absolutely smashed in the market and won the last race of the warnable uh carnival and um you know some more time under tom tom dabbing we know how good he's going as a solo trainer um, I think this horse might have come back better. Yeah, that's... Um, um, i got nothing else to add, to be honest. I haven't yeah. had a look at Sunday. That's all right. I've just got a couple for Hong Kong. I'll just quick fire, I reckon. Um, race seven. Uh, let me just get this up. Race seven is a 1,600-meter group three. Uh, number six, Beauty Joy. This is his hardest... Uh, task to date but he was a dominant winner last start um that was win number 1400 meter uh, sorry not 1400 meters that was win number 1400 for zach purden they went really hard and the, then they slackened the tempo um he was climbing all over their heels but then he got out and he just won easily um he's up against a few horses that have been showing that golden 60 form the likes of champions way and excellent proposal but he does get weight off him. He gets the 55 kilos here with Purton aboard from Barrier 2. They've got to carry 58 and 59. So if there's ever a time these up-and-comers can can snag a victory, it's when these handicaps uh, are on. Um, Saquin in race 8, a Class 3 handicap over 1,200 metres, already unbeaten, 2 out of 2. Uh, he's going to lead here for Joe Marrera, Barrier 4. 
He's been ultra impressive winning those two starts. He goes up four and a half kilos, but he stays in the same grade. So pretty keen on him to win. I think he'll be short. Uh, obviously, there's no odds out for, for Chartin yet. And the only other one was race 10. It's a 1,200-meter contest. Number seven, packing victory. Uh, this horse is a tremendous talent. Um, we've been on him quite a few times. Again, he's well in at the weights. Um, he, what does he carry? He carries the 56 kilos, the likes of Trillian, Wynn, and Blaze Warrior. They're probably the two class horses, but they carry uh, 60 and a half and 59 and a half. So he gets a couple kilos off them. Uh, he draws out in 10, but I think he can grind them into the ground first up. Uh, I just don't think he ran a mile in the group one at the end of last prep. So back to 1,200 meters, uh, stepping to 1,400 meters next start. He is a very good horse. So those are the three I had in Hong Kong. Um, the only other one was race for Sandown Park tonight. Uh, we both have a bet here. I'll let you go first. An old warrior who's back from a spell. A um, few of you guys will remember him when he had a few stouches in Sydney against Very Elegant. His name is Adabe. Um, look, if it was soft ground... I'd be a lot more confident, but he's another one of those bets that I've just got to have at like $4 plus. Because if he wins, I'd kick myself. Look, he's, there's there's no hiding the fact that he's coming up against two up-and-coming stars. Um, but, yeah, look, I've just got to back him, I think. $4.50 is out to now. Yeah. Maybe I might have to have a little bit more on. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, punters, I, I'm going to stick with the favourite number two, Mostadaf. Um He's six out of seven. Uh, he's a horse with a really, really good turn of foot. Um, I think the small field suits, and I just lent his way purely because of the good track. Like, if this is a heavy track, then you go a day every single day of the week. Um but I am with Mossadaf. I think he's a very progressive horse, as you, as you mentioned. Um, I was a little surprised that he's actually got to carry more weight than a Dabe. So um, maybe a bit of time off is, has helped a Dabe in might be a set weights and penalties type of a type of event. So about time the handicapper was nice to Nico. <laughs> yeah, um, gets Aussie Tom Tom aboard as well. Older and they are flying, it's worth noting. Haggis and Marquand are absolutely airborne at the moment. Yeah. I, sure. I will note that I am exacting um, Mostadaf and Baybridge as savers to beat Adabe as well. Yeah. We love the saver exactor. Um, I think that's it. We'll quickly jump into listener questions. There's only a, a couple. First one was from Cam Nixon. Thoughts on It's Our Times Run. Nico, have you actually had the chance to go back and watch this race yet or not? I have been putting it off, but yeah. I have. He's still trying to get out. Yeah. He got shuffled back to nearly last. Oh, just absolutely tragic. Yeah. It was sick. Yeah, you obviously put the pen through front page and... Oh, it, it's, a... still, it's still running. <laughs> it's our time, still can't get out. Yeah, it was... Um... Definitely a moral beat, that's for sure. Sick. Um, so Jai doesn't get sick. it. Jai doesn't get it wrong very often, so I'll cop it, but still hurts. Yeah. Um, Daniel Ray says, 
this wasn't a question. This was just a uh, bit of feedback. Split it into chunks of smaller listening, more likely to listen to something from start to finish. I think that's pretty good feedback. I think we're going to start to try and work on that a little bit. We'll do our segment by segment um, and then we'll like stop for a bit and then we'll cut it off and then, yeah, we'll crack into the next thing. Yep. Sounds good. Um, and the only other one, this was... This is the only reason I didn't tell you what the questions were. <laughs> this I is have the a highlight. feeling this is. This is the highlight from Willie Barbs, who's uh, who's labelled me Brent. I don't know how, but he's called me Brent instead of Ben this last couple of days. Um, tell us what we all want to hear. Is Nico's love life as good as his tipping? Come on, Nico. You were spruiking it up earlier. <laughs> what a load of shit. Barbs, you're going to cop it for this. What do you mean? There is no love life. Don't don't try and throw me under the bus, and don't you say anything either. There's nothing nothing to see, nothing to see, nothing to hear at the moment. It'll all happen in due course. Fingers crossed. Yeah, the uh, the followers on a on an upward trajectory. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> Plunge in the market. <laughs> um, anything else? Go baggers on Sunday. Collingwood Carlton, huge game. Expect eighty thousand plus. Uh, sidetracked from from the racing, good bet for the footy this week. Just take the seven morals. Touch better than even money. Storm one well tonight. That was that was good. Start your week off right. I don't know. Footy's footy's a bit pointless at the moment if you're an Essendon supporter like me. Just another week. They'll get absolutely pounded on Sunday. Dead set semi final for Port Adelaide. Just a percentage booster. Be ten goals. Yeah, that looks likely. I'll be uh, turning it off. I'm not watching it. And if you're a Carlton supporter, hit me up, and we'll uh, we'll have a tin at the uh, at the G. I reckon. Yeah, huge, huge. All right, that'll do us punters. Good luck this weekend, and we'll see you next week.